You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. It's sad to say, but it's true, but we told you so. We did. We told you so. We told you at the end of last season that if you kept Ken Williams and Rick Hahn in place in the front office and you allowed them to make the moves they were going to make to try to get the 2023 White Sox going all the way from manager down to personnel, if you kept the same people in place, it would end in disaster. We said it right at the beginning of the of the offseason. We said it as the season was ending last year. We said it repeatedly on this show. And then we try to keep a positive outlook. Because you can't Exactly. You can't sit down every day and just be negative. When they made the decision to keep these these guys around for another year that they didn't deserve. And and you hoped and you wished and you prayed that they were going to do something right. But they can't do anything right. I want to kick off the show immediately with some some quotes from Rick Hahn on Thursday. Now, these are gathered from multiple White Sox beat reporters, and it was put up on Twitter. Uh, Daryl Van Schauen put one up from the Sun-Times. Scott Greger, who's been on the show many times, put one of these up. I mixed them all together just to kind of give you a taste of what a beaten man sounds like and to still listen to the absurdity that comes out of his mouth. Here we go. So what, I mean, you kind of said it, but what is your message for fans who are understandably disappointed and upset right now? They're not alone. We're upset. We're feeling every emotion in the book ranging from, you know, rage to disappointment. Uh, And we've done perhaps the exact opposite of what we set out to do in terms of regaining our fans' confidence and trust in what we're about here. Has any decision that I've been involved in making had any, has my job status had anything to do with what decision we make? It's about doing what's best for the organization based on the possibilities on the table at this time. But the day I, I assume this job, or anyone assumes the general manager's job, you know it's going to end at some point. It's more about getting this team right for 2023 and what happens later in this season or after the season or five years from now or whatever will happen when it happens. So if you were the key. <laughs> But I'm not. But if you were the key, or Jerry, same thing, uh, how, what would, how would you evaluate the guy in that seat based on where this club is? It's a hypothetical. I mean, listen to what he's doing there. He's like, well, it's a hypothetical. Yeah, Rick, that's what he's asking. He's asking hypothetically, if you were in charge, would you fire you? And you don't want to answer it because... Anybody reasonable would look at the amount of time you've been in power and look at the results that you've had and say you're fired. Isn't this the guy who promised us that if he knew he couldn't do the job anymore, he'd step down because Jerry won't fire him? Well, guess what? He sounds like a guy who knows he can't do the job. So step down. You promised. Right. Well, maybe that's the problem with the hypothetical, right? The hypothetical and the reality don't match So his brain went, I don't know if I should just say, but yes, but I promised I would quit before Jerry fired me. So if I'm Jerry, I can't fire myself. And then I'm my own grandpa. (laughs) And oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This picture by my sister's toes have disappeared. I've screwed up the space time continuum. Yeah. See, he can't go back on his own timeline because Dr. Who says so. But 
this is this is the problem when you have something like that where you ask him a hypothetical question. He goes, well, that's a hypothetical. Yes, we know, Rick. We didn't ask you to go raise the money, buy the team from Jerry, and then fire yourself. What we did was we asked you, what do you think of your performance? Self-evaluate. Be accountable because that's what your boss, Ken Williams, said that this franchise is all about is accountability. Oh, I want to talk about that guy. The conversation continues before, during, and after White Sox games, and the best place to have that conversation is at Cork and Carry at the park in the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd and Princeton. Award-winning menu of burgers, ballpark favorites. Get out there and pregame. Have a couple of beers. Feel the fandom. Maybe Rick will walk out of the building and go talk to some real fans over there because that's where they're at. An extensive bar with a rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits, and wines they are. The home of the podcast for fans by fans, socks in the basement. We will see you out there pregame, postgame, all year long, all through this at Cork and Carry at the Park at 33rd in Princeton. See more at corkandcarry.com. This team is nothing if not predictable. Oh my gosh, are they ever? On the last show, we bring up Kenny Williams, and I'm calling him out for why do I only see you when things are going good? And what was it? The show comes out in the morning, and in the afternoon, he's in the paper. Yep. And and, and he's telling you how upset he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and this was my favorite part about it. Everybody's kind of latching on to there's lots of accountability, or accountability isn't a problem in this, in this building. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's your number one problem. But let's also focus on the other thing that he said, Ed, just for a moment, about how he's not fun to be around, that he's an angry guy, and you don't want to see him in the office. All right. Let's just pick that apart for a moment. You are a high-ranking person in the Chicago White Sox. In fact, when it comes to baseball operations, you are the guy. Rick Hines underneath you and the owners above you. That's how high up you are. You are the leader inside of that building. That's what your role is. That's why you get paid the money. You've been there for a quarter of a century. Imagine if Kenny Williams was the manager of a Dairy Queen. And the Dairy Queen lines were too long every day. And the ticket times were despicable. And the back room was a mess. And everybody was angry and they were walking across the street to, I don't know, the Baskin Robbins now. Because they're sick of going into his misrun Dairy Queen. If the Dairy Queen's manager's response was... I'm really angry about this and you should all be, you know, everybody else should be uncomfortable around me because I'm really angry here in this Dairy Queen, but he doesn't do anything. Doesn't fire the guy who's screwing things up. Doesn't make any internal changes whatsoever and doesn't make any changes himself. He just yells about his anger. Dairy Queen corporate would fire him immediately. And that's what's ridiculous about this entire thing in no other profession. Can people like Rick Hahn and Ken Williams exist for as long as they have with this level of incompetence without being fired unless they work for a billionaire who just doesn't want to get rid of people he surrounded himself with who tell him how wonderful he is and he doesn't want to make new friends. He doesn't want to see a new face. He's just comfortable with it, and he's earned that by buying a team for a very low cost and watching it shoot up in value around him. And he just doesn't want to make any decisions. He doesn't want to rock the boat. He just wants to come in and sit there and have people tell him how wonderful he is. 
That's the only way that this works this way. Because in any other profession, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn would have been fired years ago. And they'd be fired right now under any competent ownership whatsoever. You lost me at the ice cream thing because all I kept thinking is is that I'd order mint chocolate chip and Rick Hahn would try and convince me that Oreos and cream is somehow the same thing or is is exactly what I told him I wanted. Like right now, there's there's so many emotions running through me. But the main thing that I keep falling back on, Ed, is that we said this was going to happen if you kept these people in place. And, and my biggest problem is I don't think we have enough ball players on this team. When we're talking about roster construction, we could talk about lack of depth because it's true. We could talk about how the minor league system is atrocious and Chris Getz should never be mentioned as somebody who should walk into Rick Hahn's spot because what does he accomplish with your minor league system? Okay, you could talk about a lot of different things. The fact that you went out and got a bunch of third basemen and first basemen and corner outfielders and didn't actually fill in in skill positions. You could talk about how you're lacking in your pitching. You could talk about how you spent way too much money on your bullpen. But one of the issues that we don't talk about enough is I don't think we have enough ball players. We've got a lot of athletes. We've got a lot of guys with some skills and some tools, but we don't have guys that play through injury very well. We don't have guys that work together as a team. We don't have guys working the count in bats. We don't have guys doing the little things to win baseball games. So it doesn't matter how much talent you have if you don't have ball players. And my perfect example is Luis Robert, because I've seen this now written about over the last couple of days, and it's true. Luis Robert may be a very talented person, but he goes in the tank very early. He seems to give up when the going gets tough. And while he's out there in the field, he, he isn't really courteous to Andrew Benintendi and Aloy Jimenez, where they're talking in the outfield when there's a ball in the air, and he isn't. And so in the end, is he a ball player? Or is he, is he a really talented, selfish guy? All these things now pop into my head as I watch this team as a guy who actually owns a Louis Robert Jr. jersey right now. Well, it's, worth, it, it's really not that we don't have ball players, but we have athletes. What we have, Chris, is we have a team full of prospects that never were developed and have not been properly coached into how to be ball players. And this kind of happens, I think, when you try to assemble a super team of prospects the way Rick Hahn did. When you have guys that are hype, all hype coming into it, Yohan Moncada, top prospect in Major League Baseball, all the hype in the world, Luis Robert Jr., all the hype in the world, Andrew Vaughn is the number one pick, all the hype in the world, he's going to be this great hitter. You have guys that are hyped up as being these tremendous, skillful players, but they don't have, this team does not have any humility to it. They have hubris, but they have no humility. They don't know how to admit when things are going bad that they have to change their ways. They have to do something different. They have to find another way. What they do is they sit there and they go out and they do the same thing over and over again. Okay. And they don't make improvement year in and year out. You're absolutely right. And you know what? Any business owner understands that. Like you start something, you work at it. When you realize that you should be doing it a different way, when you learn a better way to do things, then you apply that. And, and that's how somebody starts a business and then it lasts for like decades. That's how they have success. That's how they sell their product. I guarantee you, if you build something that lasts over 40 years, like Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest, you have looked at your product and said, how do I make this the absolute best? Exterior windows, doors, patio doors, and storm doors. No high pressure sales. I guarantee they learned at some point that walking into somebody's home with some kind of sample window and then trying to pressure them 
was the wrong way to do things. That's why you go into the superstore. They don't do that like other window stores. There's no pictures in a book. You go in and you see all the etchings and all the options right there in person. You ask questions, the owners on site at the store and also at your home when the work is being done. All their own employees, they don't farm out the work. They've been in Oak Forest since 1985, all major brands, and they custom make it. That way you get a perfect fit. Half block east of 159th and Ridgeland. Get out there and visit them at 6280 159th Street. When we started the offseason and when we started, you know, coming into this year, you and I talked ad nauseum about the fact that Luis Roberts Jr. has to make good on his talent and be the next Mike Trout. He's got to be that guy, right? Andrew Vaughn has to take another, he's got to take another step. Andrew Vaughn's got to find power. He can't just be a guy that hits doubles. He can't be a right-handed Eric Hosmer, okay? He's got to be a guy that actually steps up and takes Jose Abreu's place in the power numbers. There's got to be improvement year in and year out, and this team just seems to, these players just seem to have it stuck. Yohan Moncada is my favorite example of this. Oh, did you see his injury? Did you see what he's got now? The guy who is day-to-day and could be back at any time. That's how bad this team is. They, they let this guy sit around for three, four days and said, oh, he's he's going to get back very soon. We don't even need to put him on the IL. And James Fegan of The Athletic reporting on Thursday, Yohan Moncada has a disc issue in his back and is not expected to start a rehab assignment during this homestand. He goes on to say it's a protruding disc that's touching a nerve, causing pain that radiates all the way into his glutes. Well, guess what? You just heard about the 2023 reason for Yoan Mankata not being good. So in 2024, they can tell you now he's going to be good. He'll be, he'll be injured for a while, and then when he comes back, that's the excuse for this year because there's always an excuse every year for this kid. Here's the good news, though. Finally, finally, Yoan Mankata's a pain in his own ass and not just ours. <laughs> I mean, he looked good for the Cuba team, though. That was great. Good for Cuba. They got the most out of Yohan Moncada than anybody's gotten in the last three years. Here, here's the thing with Yohan Moncada, year in and year out, right? He's hyped. He's hyped as this top prospect. What have we seen him do to adjust his game over over the since since 2019? What have we seen him do to adjust his game? We've seen him make excuses about injuries. We have seen him actually suffer injuries, okay? We have seen him be good defensively. But at the plate, he continues to be a guy who seems to approach it as though he has the same kind of power as, say, Pete Alonso, all right, where, where he is this genuine built-up slugger, and all he does is line out into the, into the gaps. He, he doesn't have that kind of power. He's never adjusted. He's never made an adjustment while he's been here. That's where I'm starting to get frustrated with these guys because even with the pitching staff, after the Astros series, after the playoff series, you and I sat there and went fastball slider, fastball slider, fastball slider, except for Lance Lynn, who's fastball cutter. We said it's the same thing over and over again. They don't develop new pitches. They're predictable. By the way, the other infuriating thing I heard this week, Lance Lynn trying out new pitches in big situations. That's oh, awesome. Good. That's awesome. Golly, Miss Molly. And I understand trying out new pitches, but th- that's what spring training was for. No. Not right then, okay? Or trying out a new pitch when you have nobody on and you have no one to count. Let me see if this changeup works. Yeah, perfect time to bust it out. But th- they don't develop things in the offseason. They don't come in with something new. They don't come in with a new wrinkle. You don't see adjustments on this team. What you see is you see guys who sit there and go, I'm going to keep going and doing what I do because our talent is there. And a front office that, by the way, has sold us on the past couple of years of if we're just healthy – Our talent is so good, nobody can beat us. One of the things that you have to also accept at this moment with this White Sox team is that 
it was true. The things that we heard in the off season from folks that were familiar with the Kansas city dugout who said that the white Sox were the kind of team that if you could get on them early, they'd give up. And then Pedro Griffo puts that out there when he gets hired. Griffo's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're going to not do those kind of things anymore. Well, he can say it, but they're still the team that gives up if they're down. That's what they do. We could see what was going to happen. Everything from the, the, the fact that it was going to be kind of a mess and it might not work out if you keep these people in charge, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, to you could predict Kenny Williams coming out of the woodwork this week and you could predict Rick, Rick Hahn's comments. Where we, I didn't play the whole thing, but he does go on to say things like, you know, it really hurts him and, you know, maybe the there are, I'm sure there are some fans that are just as upset as me. Okay, look, if you're upset... I think we're a little more upset than you, Rick, but okay. And you're admitting that it's not working. You've had enough time. Quit, or somebody should fire him. All right? Because you don't deserve to be able to do anything with this team. You don't deserve to make moves at the trade deadline. You don't get deserve to move guys on and pick pieces that'll be part of this team for the next couple of years. And you don't deserve to, to even touch 2024 and beyond. You should be gone now so somebody else can come in, evaluate talent, and start making the right moves because you've only made the wrong moves. And that's why Socks in the Basement unveils something we're going to do now, probably for the entire season. And so, I mean, like, we'll do it for as long as we need to here, but it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be a way for fans to interact. We unveil Rick Hahn and, and Kenny, Kenny Williams, Williams get, get fired. fired. And, and how this is going to work is uh, we will be putting out at different points during the season an opportunity for you to play general manager for you to run the front office. And it starts right now. It's available right now at socksinthebasement.com. It's going up on all the social media. It'll be up all weekend long. It'll be up for the next week or so. I want to read the results on the air. I want to take your phone calls. Remember, you can reach out to us at socksinthebasement.com. I know we haven't done that in a while. Maybe I'll get a few calls in here in this show. But what we want you to do is we want you to play general manager. Ed and I are going to try to figure it out for ourselves in 60 seconds here on Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. It's your turn to run the White Sox. Only Jerry remains until death. So here's the first part. Here are the rules. You've taken over the White Sox front office. Jerry Reinsdorf remains. What would you do immediately with your roster and staff? There are no trades allowed at this point because it's too early. You cannot DFA any player with more than $15 million left on their overall deal which is about where Dallas Keuchel was when they finally got rid of him. Okay, so that's what I'm that's where I'm getting that number from, I'm just approximating. 
You may not promote anyone below double A because they're not ready. You can only promote a max of two guys in double A. I don't know why you would. You better give a good reason for it. And you could promote any amount of AAA players. Essentially, what internal moves would you make? Not only with players, but with personnel. You want the pitching coach gone? Go for it. You want to get rid of the hitting coach? Great. You want to fire anybody in the organization? I want to know about it. If you're mad about the guy who runs the parking lots, put it in there. That's what I want, Ed. I want you. You take over the team. Somehow, the way that I envision this. So really, really, you take over the team. The only things you cannot do are make absurd player moves that no reasonable GM would make, like bringing up the entire Class A team. Right, and you can't trade. You can't trade Juan Moncada for Mike Trout. There's no trade because that's not happening. Right. Yeah. yeah no, this no, is a no realistic way. Like, what would you do and, right and now? And you also you you cannot hasten Jerry Reinsdorf's death. Right. So so the way this works is we're going to go through the questions right now and kind of give uh, some indication of where we would go on this. But I want to hear right. what what all of you would do. Okay. Because I, I let this is a good exercise because I think we all know that something needs to be done, but I'm curious what people would do right now. So imagine that Jerry Reinsdorf walks out of his castle. Somehow his handlers have lost him and he's out there he, loose he by himself. Yeah, wherever he's wherever he, he resides. And, he, oh, and he's okay. he's wandering the streets and I don't know, an acorn falls out of a tree and hits him perfectly in the head. And he, he's just somehow he gets discombobulated. And he looks at you, and you're standing there in your White Sox stuff, and he goes, you, young man, young lady, you, you should be running my baseball team. And he sits there, and he gives you the job. You walk in, and the first thing you do is you fire Kenny Williams, and you fire Rick Hahn, and you sit down, and now, today's the day, what are you going to do? So, Ed, if, if that happens to you right now, today, give me an idea of some of the first moves that you would make. Well, I, I would try and, and give you a long overdue birthday present, Christmas present, whatever, and I would actually launch Jake, Jake Diekman into the sun. There would be like an actual rocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pointed at the sun. By the way, I don't know if he'd Rick, make it. Rick Hahn's comments there at the beginning of the show where he points out that he doesn't make moves based upon trying to keep his job. On the same day when Tanner Banks and his 1.000 whip gets sent down. He's the most effective left-handed pitcher you've had in your bullpen this year, and he was effective last, last year, year when you gave him an opportunity. He's the best lefty you've had in your bullpen for the last two seasons, and you sent him down rather than DFAing Jake Diekman when Lucas Giolito came off of the bereavement list. So don't spew your nonsense, Rick. That's why we just fired you. That's why you should be fired in real life, because you do make moves to hide the things that you've done wrong so you don't get fired. That's a lie. You're lying to all of us when you say those things. I'm done with lawyer speak. He's flat out lying, Ed, because that is a move clearly made because... To protect the fact that he invested salary right. in this guy. Or yeah. he's the worst talent evaluator ever. Another reason to fire him. You can't find a good reason to keep this guy around. Okay, so you, you fired Jake Diekman in the sun. You've DFA'd him. Are you are you going along with my, my plan to put Kopech into the bullpen? Because he's still he's still not effective. Yeah, the first call-up I'm making is Davis Martin. I'm putting him into the rotation. I'm putting Kopech into the pen. Brilliant. I'm with you. Um, yeah. In terms of position players, I am not sure how I'm going to fix this mess right now because there's <laughs> just not a whole lot you could do with what's present here. But I think one of the things that has to happen, I, I, I like the idea of giving Lennon Sosa a chance, but it's not working very well for He's him. He needs right to now. go down. Yeah, yeah, he needs to go down. He needs to to get himself right. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm not sure who I'm calling up in his place, though. That's the problem. I'm not. It, it's not going to be Colson Montgomery. It's not going to be something where there's any anything great going on there. Uh, yeah, that I, I'd have to give that some thought, but I got to I got to find a second base. This is somewhere. what's fun about this whole idea: the idea that if you're going if you're going to be angry, I, I'm with you because I I'm angry and I want him fired. Okay, I want Rick Hahn out the door. I want Kenny Williams out the door. And I want Jerry Reinsdorf to sell the team. And you know what? I'm going to feel that way now forever. There's nothing they could do at this point. Nothing. Even if they made the playoffs, they're going to get eliminated in the first round. Okay? And and that 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 is a pie-in-the-sky dream right now, the way that they got off to start their season. All right? So so I want them gone. But I, I think the first thing that I would say is I would I would say it is time for accountability inside of that locker room. And so what would happen yeah. is if you're playing poorly, especially in the bullpen, you're done. I'll bring up other arms. It's not my contracts, and none of those contracts in that bullpen are very important, and they all fall within the parameters to be able to get rid of them. And if I'm the new general manager, it ain't I didn't make the mistake. And right away, I'm giving guys opportunities that are pitching well down in the minor leagues to move up into my bullpen, and I'm moving on and DFAing bad players. That's the first thing. Secondly, I've identified, and and I had this conversation with Dad today, and, and he's dead on with it. There are certain guys on this team that are still trying their hearts out, and they're giving good at bats. Okay, so I'm not going to touch a guy like Andrew Vaughn, even though he's struggling, because he looks like he's he's putting in a lot more effort than some of the other players. Yasmani Grandal falls under that as well. I think Gavin Sheets probably should bat against uh, uh, should bat any time that there's a right-handed pitcher out there at this point. The way that he is he's hitting. Okay, Jake Berger's my third baseman. I'm not even concerned about you on Moncada anymore. You let me know when you're ready to play at 100. percent If you're not, you're not. You're on the IL. I'd rather transfer him to the 60-day IL and open up a 40-man roster space than sit around and have this guy tell me that he can't he can't go at 100% for the rest of the year because of his bulging disc. It's a bad contract for a guy that never panned yeah. out and, and is always injured. And I'm going to tell you something else. The big baby would not be out there on a regular basis until he could prove to me that he could hit on a regular basis and perform on a regular basis. That, that, that would be something else. Ben Intendi, by the way, is not doing great. But he's having professional at-bats. And I think that's what, what Pedro wants. So unless I, unless your plan is get rid of Pedro, which I think would be kind of crazy. He's got a three-year deal, and I, I really don't think this is as much him as it is the front office. Okay, He's got guys that he wants to play a certain way. That's why Benintendi's on the team, because he comes from that system. So if you're going to make a change and you're going to try to, to change the way that the White Sox play baseball – then that's a guy that I'm still focusing on and I'm putting out there every single night. Uh, this entire exercise is brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, and explore. Uh, Everclear is coming to the Forge uh, towards the end of the summer. There's a lot of other oh, things going fun. on on there. I'm, I'm going to an Everclear show. That'll be fun. All right. I'm going to go back and pretend that I'm I'm still young and and it's still in the 90s and uh, there's still hope. And Kenny Williams isn't the isn't the isn't in charge of anything back in the 90s. Right. If I can go back to the right. 90s, there's no Kenny. There's no Rick. There's none of that stuff. I mean, there's Albert no, Bell, if you said but, the name Kenny Williams, be like, uh, yeah, wasn't he on the team for like five <laughs> minutes in the 80s? Right. Right. The 90s were much better. It's much easier. We didn't win a World Series, but man, it was much easier to be. I thought it was bad then. Uh, visit LamontDowntown.com for more. All right. Uh, there are a couple of questions that are also on this form that you're going to have to answer. 
And, right. and I can't wait to hear what people are going to say when we go through this. Okay. Uh, who leaves the 26 man roster when Tim Anderson returns? He's coming back soon. I would think that's just Lenin Sosa. You know, I mean, you're looking Sosa to make a Romy. Right. I, well, I no, Romy needs to go too. You, but you need to keep somebody who can play backup. You got to have somebody like Elvis. I'm keeping Elvis still at second base because he plays defense. Okay. If he can give me defense and bat ninth, it's not really Elvis's fault. I can't go out right now and fix the second base problem right, like well, I would true. have in the offseason. You know, I mean, he wasn't the right move, but right now I wouldn't change batting him ninth and keeping him in there for his defense at second base. I think that, that that's I, your best I, I option. I would consider calling up Eric Gonzalez from Charlotte okay. to fill that role. Okay, so so yeah, okay, so so Anderson replaces one of Sosa and Gonzalez, and you've got Eric Gonzalez coming up to shake things up. I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. Who leaves the 26-man roster when Hanser Alberto returns? I say Hanser Alberto. I think he's DFA. That's what I would Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I need Hanser Alberto. They keep talking about how he's hitting a rehab assignment. I'm like, who cares? You should just be DFAing him at this point because I don't want to see Jake Berger go away. And I don't know what Alberto does, but uh, they may they may still feel there's well, some value. There. If, if Alberto is going to be that backup guy, I, I'm okay with him be, playing the backup role then. And that, okay, well, that then scenario. that would be instead of Gonzalez. Essentially. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but then again, how are we shaking things up if we're doing that? See, to me, well, I, 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 that's true, too. Although maybe Hanser just maybe we're looking at the wrong way. He had a couple of pitching appearances early in the season. So <laughs> we're going to put him in the bullpen. Why not? That, that's a shakeup. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm glad you're throwing out some stupid ones so that we have a few uh, stupid replies to this, because I think the fans are going to do a much better job than you with that. All right. Who leaves the 26 man <laughs> roster when Yuan Moncada comes back? Well, that could be a long time from now, as I said. Well, I yeah, I can't predict what's going to be uh, who's going to be on the team in 2025 when he finally comes back from this and whatever other injuries. Right. Um, again, again, if he's not able to play, if you send him down for rehab starts and you see that he will not be able to play at a good level or play good defense, Jake Berger's your third baseman. Put him on the 60 day IL and cut your losses. The kid's never healthy, and it's always an excuse. Okay, from COVID legs to to his bulging disc and and everything else in between. It's been nothing but an excuse for this kid. Uh, who who leaves a 26-man roster when Garrett Crochet returns? Well, it's got to be Deakman, but what well, I, yeah, I, but I would put I, I would put Banks up there right now, okay? And then when, when Crochet comes back, because I'm shaking it up, when he walks in the door, if Aaron Bummer isn't better, shake it up and dump him. Unless you want to keep three left-handed pitchers, and if you're going to do that, then if Joe Kelly hasn't put it together yet, then I'm dumping him. Well, I was going to say, you, you you have Kelly, you have Bummer can go, um, Deakman, of course. I wouldn't I wouldn't have Banks go. I wouldn't have Middleton go right now. No. Kendall Graveman is is probably fairly safe given everything. I'm not really as worried about Ronaldo Lopez. I think, I think his head just needed to be screwed on better to start the season. But I would say between Kelly and Bummer... Those are the two guys I'm really looking at because I've already I've already long since DFA Jake Deakman and brought Tanner Banks back. Right, I, I get that. I get that. Uh, I mean, and Jimmy Lambert hasn't been doing that great, but I still kind of believe a little bit in him. I just feel like he's just the way that the the way the bullpen's going right now. If everybody's bad, it just kind of sucks down everybody else. Uh, we've the guys who were a problem last year and this year. I'm more apt to jettison than somebody who's having a bad first couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Kelly, well, and Joe Kelly struggled too. all year last year. Uh, he had issues all year last year. But that's an interesting question, and I might change my answer by the next time that we go through this list and we go through fan what the fans are saying. That's that's an interesting question. What you do there, and and the same question applies when Liam Hendricks comes back. 
Because here's the thing. Hendricks is going to come back and Crochet is going to come back and two guys have to go. And I would have already gotten rid of Deekman and kept Banks up. And so there, there should be an attrition with this bullpen. And if guys have options, like, like here, here's the thing. If you don't like what Middleton's doing all of a sudden, send him down and bring up another guy from AAA. You know, this is the this is the philosophy that the Pittsburgh Pirates have, and they're winning with far less because there's accountability. You don't last for three weeks on the Pirates roster. Trust me. You don't last three weeks on the Pirates roster or four weeks on the Pirates roster playing as badly as some of these guys in the White Sox play, and they last the whole year. And so there's no accountability. Tampa Bay jettisons guys left and right till they find the right combination. They win. Winning ball clubs that have lesser payrolls but have accountability, they they do this. And that's the first thing that would come in with if I were the general manager, there would be accountability. I know I know Kenny Williams thinks there's plenty of accountability in the building, but when everybody in that building has had a job for life, everybody, everybody, not even people that have to do with the actual baseball team and the product on the field. Everybody in there has accountability, supposedly, but you have all these people with a job for life. And who is your most famous employee? The guy who the guy who gets the field ready? Yeah. Who got the biggest cheers on opening day? The sod father got a lot. That's of an indictment on your entire organization. Honest to goodness. He's I'm sure he's a great guy. I'd love to talk to him someday, but he wouldn't be as big of a star if everybody else in the building wasn't so bad at their jobs. Listen, there's got to be a change. It's got to happen it, it should happen soon. The, the, the idea that we all have to sit back and wait for them to work this out and they're going to start winning games all of a sudden and flip on a switch, I don't believe. Could they become competitive? Could they crawl back in? Sure. But you've got 26 guys on that team right now, and I think there's a fair amount of them that don't feel like there's any consequence for being bad or not having their head in the game day to day. So either change your culture and start shaking things up. Or don't be surprised at the fan reaction that's going on right now and that I think will continue for the rest of the year. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.